You're now first. Woohoo! We come on this loop, John B. My grandfather and me. Around Nassau town, we did roam. Drinking all night. Got into a fight. Well, I feel so broken. I wanna go home. So hoist up the John B. I'm the host of the show, and our phone number you can call is 
into it. Not 17 to call, it'll be good. I'm on a race through the bottom. Ready for Brooklyn is the host business. And if it's Saturday at 10, you know, it is time for the show. Just think of all the joy you can bring. Hi, this is Johnny from Johnny's Automotive. I'm here today to talk about cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is a digital asset designed to work just like cash or card. Cryptocurrencies use decentralized control, unlike a central bank. That adds up to a whole lot more folks checking to make sure things are legit. That's why I'm proud to announce that in addition to striving to go carbon neutral, Johnny's Automotive is now accepting crypto. That's right. Pay for your new muffler with Bitcoin, Litecoin, Monero, or NEO. Or fork over the money for those new brakes or rotors with Ethereum, Zcash, Dash, or Ripple. We even accept Potcoin, Pandacoin, and Insanecoin. Just another reason to make it on down to the corner of Crisco Road and Popular Creek. Johnny's, we do it right and check it. That's Johnny's way. See you soon. The crickets and the rust beetles scuttled among the nettles of the sage thicket. Vamanos amigos, he whispered and threw the busted leather flint craw over the loose weave of the saddlecock, and they rode on in the friscalating dusk light. Out in the street, they call it Oh yeah. How about, how about that intro? How about those apples? This is Race to the Bottom. I'm your host, John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And if you're listening on your computer, why not listen on your phone? We have an app for Android, BlackBerry, maybe? No, I don't think so. And iPhone. So go to the store and get it. It's free. Thank you to Johnny's. That's amazing that Johnny's Automotive is doing cryptocurrency now. Good for them. We heard from the Beach Boys, Sloop John B., one of my all-time favorite songs. I heard, uh, got that song in my head because sometimes when I hear um, different alarms, they are like that first note in the, what is it, like a chime or something. I get that song in my head. That's something about me that you should know. This is Race to the Bottom. You can pick this show up put it on the turntable and play it backwards, and it still says Race to the Bottom. want to start out with a correction, a couple corrections from last week. First things first, I said last week that the song Summertime should be canceled. Um, I put it in the same category as Baby It's Cold Outside. Two things. One... That is just because the song has been overplayed and I never want to hear it again. Not because of any um, non-consensual lyrics, um, as Baby It's Cold Outside has. But 
More importantly, my wife thought I was talking about the Will Smith jam, Summertime, which I love that song, and I'm not talking about that song. So I want to make that abundantly clear. I'm talking about the, what is that, Gershwin? Who wrote Porgy and Bess? I can't remember. Um... Yeah, but I'm talking about that one, not the Will Smith jam. And I, if it was summertime right now, I would I would go ahead and play the Will Smith song "Summertime," which is one of my favorite songs. Um, and I I promise to play that once it hits what June 20th is that's the beginning of summer, something like that. Also, another correction about phone calls. The phone number here is. And I would love to have anyone call. I had a listener tell me that they thought that I was just kind of giving the number out de de rigueur, um, pretending like I wanted people to call, but I actually had the phone calls that I wanted to have already prearranged. That is not the case. I do talk to people... um, like the literary expert that we had, Tompkins Wilder, talked to him before he called and set that up. I have a couple calls that I might have set up for today, but that does not mean that I do not want to hear from other people. And I was telling my my mom this. <clears throat> Sorry, I coughed and I tried to use the button, but I think I got a little bit of that cough. I just had to cough. Sorry. Uh, I was telling my mom that, uh, cause Dr. Dad calls in and he didn't know when to call. If I, whenever I give the phone number out, I'm ready for a call. Okay. And you can just pick up the phone and dial those dang numbers. We'll get through a couple more things and then I would love to take a phone call. So yeah, I want to hear from whoever and uh, everyone, especially we have not gotten a female voice on the line uh, yet This in this iteration of Race to the Bottom uh, since we've been on Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, that stinks because, as Mary Beard says, we've been trained all our lives to think that deep voices have to be deep. And they don't. I want some... Uh, all different types of voices up in here. Also, when uh, in in this category or department of talking about show participation, go uh, if you, if you are a fan of the show, go to our Facebook page, uh, the Race to the Bottom Facebook page, and uh, and post up some stuff, uh, some responses, some pics. Uh, some things that you thought that are funny. Let's get this uh, conversation going. Doesn't if you don't feel comfortable um, talking on the air, uh, hit up the Facebook page so we can get some traffic and get uh, you know get this party started. I want all your love letters and hate mail. Funny that we don't say hate letters or love mail. It's just a funny thing about language. This week I was um, out of middle school 4,000 
40,002, sorry. Um, I was actually grading uh, the state tests. I could, couldn't grade my own students' state tests, but I was grading um, other state tests from kids around the Bronx. It was a very tedious week of grading, but kind of interesting. I uh, had to grade the same two questions over and over. Probably graded about 2,000 tests or something. A lot of kids out there, we've with the Common Core, we have this idea that kids are supposed to cite text evidence. But it's turning them into these automatons where they don't even answer the question that's being asked. They'll just go into the... They'll say... The adult characters contribute to the plot because according to the text, right? They just go into the text evidence and they don't say they contribute to the plot because they give background information or whatever. No, just straight into the thing. They don't answer the question. But you know who else doesn't answer the question? Politicians. Bam. Got them. Get all the politicians. I got them. Get them out of here. I was sitting um, sitting there, and in my line of vision while I was grading for these past five days, I had this guy kind of, what would that be, like to uh, like 11 o'clock from where I was sitting, had major face hate on this guy. Um, and if you don't know what face hate is, it's pretty self-explanatory. You just see somebody's face, and you hate them. Um, not because of anything that they've done, um, and not because they're like ugly or, you know, of a certain group or anything. You just, something about their face provokes hatred. It's like that guy, Charlemagne the God. I got major face hate on that dude. But that's, uh, neither here nor there. Moving on. We'll just put a dog ear on that. That's the new thing. Not going to put a pin in it. Going to put a dog ear on it. The show's going to have a bunch of dog ears on all the pages. Need a bookmark. Oh, sorry. I'm completely out to brunch. But that's the way it goes. That's the code of the road. Um, all right. Enough jibber-jabber. And let's move on to um, my buddy Seth Kaufman uh, and Floating Action. Seth is uh, one of my favorite artists, and um, he sent me a tune from his new album um, that's something about camel riders. I'll I'll let you know what the new album is. Just get excited for this, and uh, just a couple thoughts about Seth. I first saw Seth Kaufman, and uh, he wasn't called Floating Action. His project was not called Floating Action at this time. Playing with Tyler Ramsey, the tallest man in music. It was at um, a club in in New York City for this thing called CMJ. I don't know if that still goes uh, um, on these days, but it's some big music industry thing with a bunch of bands playing all over New York City. And I saw Seth and Tyler playing in this like two man band thing and they were playing the drums with their feet um 
and it was excellent. And I uh, fell in love with his music. That uh, that must have been like 2004, 2005. I got his stuff, and I've been following him ever since then. Um, and he's very prolific. And I want to. Um, and I'm a huge fan. And if you can ever see him in his group. Um, his like rotating cast of musicians that play with him. If you can ever see them live, please do. It is uh, one of the best experiences that you can have. But I uh, hit up Seth because I knew that uh, Floating Action has a new album coming out, and I wanted uh, to preview one of the tracks. So let's do that. Um, this is called... Whoops, sorry. This is called... Richard Swift off the new floating action album. This is Race to the Bottom. Um, let's get this phone line pumping. And um, here is Richard Swift by Floating Action off their new record.
That was good stuff. Floating action. I think we have a phone call. Race to the bottom. Race to the bottom. Hello? Hello? It's Natalie. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, everybody, this is my niece, Natalie. How's it going? Good. What's going on? Um, nothing much. We're just at G- we're just at Gigi's house. Oh, okay. So Gigi is your grandma, my uh, yes. the and the the mom of this show. Um, yes, Eggelwap. Hey, sorry, Eggelwap. <laughs> I don't know. It's you, like Eggelwap. I don't know what he said. Okay. So how's <laughs> how's school, Natalie? Good. Yeah. Do you do you like yeah. school, or are you just trying to get through it? get through it i hear you sometimes it's like that what's your what's your favorite subject in school people ask me that question a lot i don't have one but like it's usually art so yeah what about lunch lunch that's i mean their food there is gross but like i can't complain so so it's not your favorite lunch isn't your favorite subject no no what about gym? Gym, a lot of people like gym. It's just I don't. It's weird. Yeah. Do they make you um, dress up into a uniform? Yeah. Do you get in trouble if you forget your uniform? No, they just take like one like grade off, like like one point off. Yeah, basically. you lose points. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a classic move they do. Yeah. Um, and your least favorite subject? That has to be like, um, probably like math or something. Yeah. Yeah. Math is, isn't, is, uh, can be very challenging. You doing fractions? No, we're doing like, what's it called? Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like where you measure the shapes and stuff. Oh, like geometry? Yeah. Okay. Um, so how does it feel to be the first lady caller on um the first first female on, on race to the bottom? Wait, I'm the first person, like lady? You are the first yes, you are the first uh female uh caller. It's been all really? it's been all dudes so far. Yeah. So you're yeah, you so what what advice would you give to people? Uh um have any advice? I wanna say like just keep doing what you're doing, basically. Keep doing what you're doing. Be yourself. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you for the the call, um, and this this just proves uh, anybody and everybody should should and can call into the show. And I hope to see you soon, Natalie. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Have a good Saturday. You too. Wow, that was cool. It's my niece calling in. The phone number is seven one eight nine two eight nine seven three two. 
And like Natalie says, you got to be yourself. Um, so yeah, we heard from uh, Seth Kaufman. That that sounded uh, different than anything I've heard of his, and I'm really excited about it. Maybe we'll get Seth on the show w- one of these days. Um, but in the meantime, we got to do some ads um, from some new sponsors. If you would like to sponsor Race to the Bottom, go to there's a little thing that says sponsor, little uh, widget there. Is that, those, is that would that be called a widget? And uh, click on it. Sponsor us. We need it. All right. Uh, we're gonna do some ads and maybe play a song, and then we'll be right back. Hi, this is Randall. And I'm here to tell you about the restaurant that my cousin opened up in Astoria, New York City. It's called Bafangul, and I think you'll love it. Come for the antipasti, with menu items such as tartare di carne, prosciutto con peri, and carpaccio di manzo. They also have bruschetti and insalati. Still hungry for more? Try the arancini or the burrata. Wow, I think it might be time for some pasta. How about some ravioli di ricotto e spinaci? Wow, still hungry? How about salmone scottato con fagiolini? Or violetto alla minolinese? Want some pizza? Sorry, can't get that here. But it is time for dessert. How about some tiramisu? Or some gelato? You know you've had plenty of great wine. But how about a digestivo? Like amaretto luxardo, fernet branca, or amaro montenegro? Cap it all off with an espresso, a macchiato, or a cappuccino, and you are ready to go. Can't you picture it? You're halfway there. Come to Bafangul. It's my cousin's restaurant. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow.
Yes. Off of their um, kind of critical failure the album Tusk that was highly anticipated. And, um, but now in retrospect is a great record. That is Fleetwood Mac with Save Me a Place. And we got a phone call. Race to the bottom. Hey, John. It's Howie. Hey, Howie, our, our Mets ex, our expert. How would that be? Mets expert. How's it going? Oh, I, I don't know about Mets expert, but Mets fan. Yeah. Mets fan. Um, Going good. How you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, we're we're off at uh, three three wins in a row, or four, is it three or four wins in a row? Um, I think it's three wins in a row. I, I got to tell you, uh, I'm following a tough act after Natalie called. In. Oh yeah, I know, um, right? That that's a tough act to follow, but um, you know, feeling feeling really good about our Mets, you know, um. Everybody was kind of predicting that the NL East was going to be a real tight, tough division, and it seems to be playing out. But, um, you know, all things considered, uh, nine and four is is a really good start. And I think uh, seeing a lot of positive stuff, still some stuff I'm, I'm not too happy with. But, um, you know, I, I like the lineup a lot. Yeah. I like a lot of the a lot of the young players pretty exciting my favorite thing is probably the uh i don't know if we talked about this last time you you called in before the season actually started at the end of spring training i don't know if we yeah. went over this but they they got this guy uh chili davis who's the new hitting coach i think he was a yankee but he's trying I to remember chili davis yeah yeah uh-huh. he's trying to yeah. get them to uh you know, do more situational hitting, play putting the ball yeah. into play, uh, beat beating yeah. the shift. Where uh, for yeah. some people who aren't baseball fans, some they started um, maybe in the nineties. They they started if they knew a guy hit the ball to to the left side of the field, everybody would just move over to the left side of the field because they knew that he couldn't hit it to the right side. And then you know, and mm-hmm. it basically shut down a lot of players. But now yep. they're they're figuring out how to how to poke the ball right where nobody is, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great change, you know. They're kind of playing good fundamental baseball and keeping the line moving, you know. Um, for years, it was either kind of all or nothing, you yeah. Know, either either a homer or a strikeout, exactly. You know? um, st- still a lot of strikeouts, but a lot of good fundamental ball and. Uh, you know, a lot of good hitters. Alonzo is is really exciting. I mean, yeah. he's like a star in the making. You know, Pistol um, Pete. They're calling Pistol him. Pete. Yeah, Pistol Pete. And and I don't know if we should like hand him, um, you know, Rookie of the Year yet, or if the pitchers <laughs> might figure him out when he's around for yeah. a while. But you know, the lineup is is great. Uh, I really like Ramos and Conforto. It's just solid as can be yeah uh Cano is off to a slow start but i feel like he'll come around and nimmo um i was not real concerned about because he was really good last year but he's been in a funk but he seems to be snapping out of it um, yeah had a good night last night so i feel like he'll, he'll come around and rosario is uh doing real well yeah i like mcneil so you know pretty pretty good lineup pretty last good lineup. last year it, it got to a point where it was like 
can we get one guy on this team that can hit? And now it's like every everybody's pitching in, and uh, yeah. it's really exciting. Um, it, it it is, and and the pitching is like you know feeling pretty pretty good about the pitching. Obviously, Degrom is fantastic in spite of his last start. Syndergaard looks really good. Matz looks good. Yeah. Wheeler, I had real high hopes for because he was really good the second half of last year and in spring training, but he had an awful start. But but last night he was back um, to back he, to his old self. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like if you know that's four really good starters, and of course the fifth starter is a whole whole another story. Yeah, uh, what's that guy's name? Vargas. Vargas my my Vargas. friend. My yeah, friend Dan, like, who I who I go to uh, Mets games with, said Vargas looks like he's three weeks. In, he always looks like he's three weeks into a four week bender, which I thought was funny. He's always he, kind of he looks like he's throwing batting practice. Yeah, so I just feel like we need we we need the fifth guy who's you know is a little you know somewhat dependable. I don't like that fifth starter, uh, and uh, I'm not not real excited about the bullpen. You know. Um, yeah, Lugo is like you know not not too good, and Familia. I feel like it's always more of an adventure than <laughs> it needs to be. Yeah, you know we we got a we got a good closer, but I feel like the bullpen could could use some help. Yeah, it's a lot of it's psychological with those guys. I feel like it's like if they can just get get in the right frame of mind, they do well. But once once things go haywire, it's like. Yeah, it's very. Um, I went to the game on on Saturday, and and it, I think uh, it was maybe the the uh, most exciting uh, baseball game I've ever been to. Uh, but I wanted yeah. to ask you a question, uh, Howie, yeah. because you know not everybody's a baseball fan. Um, but you know, there's all this these initiatives for uh, pace of play. Trying, they're trying to figure out ways to get these games a little uh, less long. What do you say to to somebody who who just dismisses baseball out of hand and just says baseball is straight up boring? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of I, I totally disagree. I mean, there's a lot of um, subtleties in baseball. You know, it's kind of got its own pace, and I mean, I I love it. You know, I know they're trying to implement all these rules to speed up the game, but it's interesting how it's changed because. You know, I used to go to games when I was a kid at Shea Stadium, you know, so yeah. they would have the half inning and then there would be nothing going on uh, until the second half of the inning, you know? Yeah. It was just kind of like, you know, just baseball. And now, you know, it's it's a whole entertainment package, you know. Um, as soon as the half inning's over, you know, they have like, you know, them tossing up T-shirts, you know, to the crowd and the kiss cams and you know it's like yeah. this whole entertainment thing that you know is is a change you know but um you know i mean i i could understand you know reasons for wanting to speed up the game you know i know for people that aren't real fans it can be a little slow but you know for me uh you know i i just love it and yeah. i just want to mention too it's real interesting uh you've heard about ron darling's new book I was good. That was the other question I wanted to ask you about was something from the Ron Darling book. But yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say something I found interesting. You know, the book is called 108 Stitches. And, you know, for the casual 
fan, you know, you watch a pitcher and he just kind of looks like he's throwing the ball and trying to put whatever kind of spin on the ball. But Bert Darling is saying in his book, you know, that it's really all about the stitches. When you pitch, it's all about your fingers, you know, how you place your fingers on the stitches on the baseball and how that's what uh, makes the baseball move and spin. So, you know, I found, found that kind of interesting. So, yeah, that that was actually I had two questions, uh, and we, we should try to do this on the quicker side because I think I have yeah. another call uh, coming in, okay. but... Uh, yeah. When you watch the uh, when you watch baseball on TV, can you yeah. uh, you know the announcers uh, uh, Gary Cohen or, or or Ron or or Keith? They can just immediately say, "Oh, that was a slider, that was a splitter, yeah. that was a uh, uh, change up, that that was a fastball." Can you see that stuff when you're watching, or do you have to hear what they what they call the pitch as? It, it, it's it's really interesting. Those those guys are so good. And a lot of times when I'm watching on TV, you know, I can sort of tell if it's a good pitch or, or not, you know, but I can't often tell what kind of pitch it is. And, and sometimes those guys will be like, oh, that was an incredible slider. Something's like, and I was watching, I didn't know that, you know, and then when yeah. they say it, it's kind of like, oh, oh, yeah, it was, but I wouldn't have got it if they didn't say it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It- the one thing I, I can see like a crazy curve, like uh, Kershaw yeah. or somebody, they have these like, uh, they call them like lollipops or something. They just, yeah. they just turn on a dime. Um, and the other when, question. When, I, they, when they really break like, yeah. just before it gets to the batter. Yeah, I can see that. It's crazy. And that's, again, that's the stitches. That's the uh, hundred. Yeah. Yep. And I, I bet a lot of people who heard, see that title think it's he's got 108 stitches from some of the wild Mets years or something, but that's a reference to the stitching on a baseball or, or, or surgery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then the last thing that did you, um, I haven't read the book, but I did see that, um, he, uh, he talked, he got into some Ron Darling got into some controversy saying that there, that Lenny Dykstra went on some racist tirade and then all the other uh, guys are, yeah. uh, yeah. coming to yeah. Dykstra's defense. I, 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 I'll be quick on this, but it was real interesting. This is in, in the World Series um, in 86 when the Mets played Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, Dykstra was kind of a spark plug, but apparently he was a real, um, you know, I'm on the air, so I'm going to say jerk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I know he, I think he's been in prison for fraud and stuff, you know, in more recent years. But uh, yeah, in the book, Darling was saying that Oil Can Boyd was the pitcher for Boston. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was, he's black. And Dykstra was in the on deck circle just screaming, like, you know, and there's always like taunting and stuff like that as a part of the game, yeah. right? But Dykstra was in the on deck circle just like screaming, like he said, unbelievable, just like racist stuff, like the meanest, most racist stuff. Um, that you could imagine. And Oil Can Boyd was known to easily get rattled. And I actually heard that Oil Can Boyd was um, doing cocaine like the day before all day. Mm-hmm. So he was very irritable that day when he was pitching. And and so Dykstra was saying all this incredibly nasty stuff. And he rattled Oil Can Boyd. The Mets were behind two games to none in the series. Dykstra got up and hit a homer. 
And uh-huh. part of the reason was probably because Boyd was rattled. And Dykstra came back to the dugout. Everybody was so excited. Yeah, kind of changed the momentum of the series. But but Darling said he really felt embarrassed and ashamed because he was just congratulating Dykstra. And, uh, you know, just and he said it was really disgusting what he said. And he should have, like, you know, said something. And he wow. really always, always felt bad about supporting him for that racist, you know, garbage you know? yeah so interesting yeah and, and now dykstra and, and like... keith said he didn't remember dykstra saying that he yeah. said he like he remembers him barking at some stuff out in the on deck circle but he doesn't remember what he said but okay. darling was pretty sure about it of course dykstra <laughs> denies it yeah yeah, and of course, Dykstra is a huge fan of our current president, uh, which is no su- surprise. Which says a whole, a whole lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I'm going to make some space for, uh, for uh, I got to do the political checkup from Johnny's uh, Automotive, which is in your neck of the woods there in Asheville. But uh, yeah, yeah. I will uh, talk to you soon, and thanks so much for the call, Howie. Okay, thanks, John. Yeah, let's, let's go, go Mets. Mets. Keep, yes. Keep it rolling. Yes, yeah. exactly. Keep up the good work on the show. Thanks yeah. a lot. Bye. All right. Howie. It's good stuff. Uh, all right, so let's do this. Hi, this is Johnny from Johnny's Automotive. It's been a while. Some things have changed, but some things have stayed the same. One thing that has stayed the same is the degree of professionalism, inspection, and diligence at Johnny's Automotive. Amongst the things that have changed is the addition of a new member of my family. Last year, my wife gave birth to a little baby boy we call Johnny Jr. And while the scientists are still busy checking, it looks like climate change might be real. I want to live in a world where Johnny Jr. can work on cars when he is a man. That is why I pledge that Johnny's Automotive is going carbon neutral by the year 2020. That's right. I know that it might be tough, but we will get the job done because that's Johnny's way. Thank you to the Race to the Bottom community and Radio Free Brooklyn. And next time you're in Western North Carolina, you can stop by if you would like and say hi to the future and Johnny Jr. Yes, thank you, Johnny. Um, This is Race to the Bottom on Radio Free Brooklyn in Brooklyn, New York City, in the state of New York, in the country of America, which happens to be full. Sorry, guys. We're full. Um, Dr. Dad, if you want to call in to help me out with this, uh, you know the phone number. Uh, So this is the political checkup. Um, And the big thing uh, that happened this week for a lot of us uh, watching the news was Julian Assange getting uh, perp walked out of the Ecuadorian embassy in London on computer-related charges because he he is a hacktivist. One of my favorite portamentos, hacktivism. Um, And then, of course, oh, we got to race to the bottom. It's me. Okay. Um, We'll just uh, thank you, uh, Doctor Dad, for calling in. I'll I'll uh, I'll have you chime in in a second here. Um, uh, so yeah, um, of course, President Omelet Bar 
Um, and my dad, I, people didn't know why he's called President Omelet Bar on the show. But uh, if if you uh, when he had the big wall showdown that and then uh, and then went to Mar-a-Lago, there's this hilarious picture. I should put it up on the on the Race to the Bottom uh, Facebook page of um, of Omelet Bar standing there waiting for his omelet at the omelet bar. And he's in this ridiculous outfit and he just. It's was the biggest encapsulation of like how small this man is waiting for his omelet at Mar-a-Lago. And it just looks so, so chintzy and cheap and ridiculous. Um, so anyway, omelet bar said, I don't know. I know nothing about WikiLeaks. It's not my thing when actually during the campaign, he's, he mentioned WikiLeaks about 76 times. I think they counted it. Um, so he, we got an Oscar alert on that one, right? This guy's uh, an actor. Um, and I'm not going to do an impression of the guy. I know a lot of shows, uh, Colbert and people do these impressions. These impressions are the worst. I'm sorry. Nobody. There's this one guy, Anthony Atamanik, who was on the President Show on Comedy Central, who does a good uh, omelet bar, but he's the... Uh, Alec Baldwin. It's like worse than it's somehow I'd rather hear omelet bar than these, these people's impressions. Very grating. Um, but you know, and then Hillary says Julian Assange must now answer for what he's done. And to Hillary, I would say, please go away. But, uh, you know, there's some arguments about Assange, whether he's, uh, a journalist, not a journalist, whether uh, he's, um, uh, you know, good guy, bad guy. But I think you got to kind of set all that aside and just go for free speech. And in the, in the main part, um, except for the fact that this guy dumped all this material. And if, and if in these dumps he endangered somebody, and you can prove that, because he didn't vet any of this stuff. He just, he might have compromised sources, interpreters, people who are, were working with the U.S. government in Afghanistan and Iraq uh, might have been put in danger. And he should have to answer for that if he is indeed calling himself a journalist, um, you know. And then uh, he he was had this very altruistic thing. And I think what Chelsea Manning did was amazing. And uh, she should be. Uh, lauded as a hero, um, as in a whistleblower, but um, but then Assange made it about himself, and he's obviously uh, a total um, tool and creep and uh, misogynist and racist. Uh, and then, you know, when he when he was blowing the whistle on the on the war in Afghanistan and Iraq, all great, good stuff, but then. He decided he was going to only dump things on Hillary during the 2016 campaign. And Trump was his guy for whatever reason, because he I guess he hated Hillary so much. Um, but uh, he's a he's a sleazebag, but he's. Uh, you know, he's also protected under most of our laws. I don't know about these, uh, these rape charges. He might need to answer for that. I would not put some sexual violence against this weirdo, but, uh, 
What do you think about all this, Dr. Dan? <laughs> uh, it's complicated. Um, you can uh, think of me as uh, a, a depigmented African American who um, is trying to argue that uh, <clears throat> that uh, Biden is is uh, not a not an old guy because I'm I don't feel old and I'm mid seventies and uh, I just think we ought to keep. Uh, Keep a, an open mind to that guy because if what what matters to me is we got to beat the, uh, the current president, four more years of that would just uh, that turn me into an old guy. I think. Oh, okay. But this this other stuff is so complicated; it's hard hard for me to follow it. The Assange stuff. Summarizing it though. Okay, so you're you're agnostic on the Assange thing. Yeah. Okay, um, I want to just play this. Uh, one thing that I think maybe we could all agree on is, uh, so this, look at the, I just want to play this clip. Uh, this is when Assange was taken out, and this is on CNN. This is when Assange was let out of, of uh, the embassy. But li- listen to this, um, the depth of this reporting here. Hold on. The shot of him being taken from the Ecuadorian embassy by British police. Oh, my God. Look at him. Look at him. The beard. I have not seen him looking like that. Clearly not being taken willingly. He's being dragged uh, uh, to an extent to the police van. You know, that's uh, what they call uh, colloquially the perp walk or the grab shot. (laughs) And that is a fascinating one because look at how many people it's taking to take him down. He's not going willingly. He looks like, you know, uh, Rip Van Winkle. Uh, he has aged uh, more than seven years th- since he's been in there, and it's just fascinating to to watch this. Let's see it again. He's young. So anyway, they go on and on about how how he looks uh, and how he. Uh, oh my God! Look at him. Is it? That's the kind of uh, in depth. Uh, Reporting, right? How how the guy looks getting dragged out of the place. Who do you think he looks like, Doctor Dad? Uh, I saw him. He looked he looked pretty uh, pretty old in his beard and like he wasn't too happy. That's for sure. Yeah, he used to look like a guy who, if you ever been to like Best Buy and would ask a question of one of the employees and and they would make you feel real small because you didn't know about the tech. Oh. Really, you don't know about uh, which uh, which kind of processor this is, right? Um, anyway, uh, what else is going on? Uh, I guess that was our what in the crap uh, was was uh, was our buddy Assange, uh, and then uh, oh here here we go. So let me do my my thing here. Uh, who do you want to win and who gonna win? So yeah, dad, you already uh, chimed in on, on Biden not being too old. Uh, but last time we talked, you, you still hadn't heard of, of Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Have you heard of this guy yet? I, I've heard of him. What a brainy guy. He's, he's really something else. Uh, he, he just he, he's so articulate and how anyone could 
be so smart as learn five, speak five languages and go to Harvard and all that stuff. It's just, uh, we, we need a brain. We need a brain, we have brain power in being a president. So, um, how, how many times during this past week have you seen him on something or, or seen articles or, or TV appearances by this guy? Uh, I think about twice there was a, uh, uh, lengthy interview that he was uh, being questioned and he's so articulate it's just amazing yeah no he's he does seem articulate i guess my angle on this Buttigieg thing is like all of a sudden i i want this guy's uh this guy's pr people it's all of a sudden this guy is like the full court press nobody heard of him and then a week later he's like third in all the polls it's crazy right yeah. Uh but I guess that's just the way things things work these days. Uh you're you're either up or you're down. Um well Dr. Dad, uh thank you for uh chiming in on the uh and being my sidekick for the political checkup. Yeah, I feel honored to have you have me on, so keep going. It's a great program. Well thank you. And we're we're honored to have you. Um and we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay, bye. All right. This has been Race to the Bottom. Um, and I'm going to leave you with some music. Thank you to Natalie and to Howie and to Dr. Dad for calling in. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week. Let's see. Let's do this. This is um, actually, I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Well, not. I don't not like him, but I'm just not as crazy as some people are about him. But this is interesting. Uh, I love this song. And this is him singing in his falsetto, which you don't hear very often. This is from a movie, uh, and it's called Lift Me Up. It's Bruce Springsteen. This is Race to the Bottom. Stay tuned for Crime Talk BK. And thank you for listening. Radio Free Brooklyn. Bye. you